Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Christina. And I'm Miguel. If you listened to our last episode, you know we did something a little bit different. It was Miguel's pick. It's someone that we both like, but one of us likes a little bit more. So this episode is going to be Christina's pick. That's right. So who did you choose? My first pick is going to be singer, songwriter, author, and actress, Amarie. Amarie with one eye, Amarie with two eyes. The last time I saw her, she <laughs> had both of her eyes. The last time... Not- Ha, ha, ha. I was going to say she changed it back. Dad joking. You ain't even a dad. Hey, I got it in there, though. I've been waiting for that. Oh, you were waiting for that. I sure was. Okay. So you ready to get started? I guess. Okay. (laughs) All right. So back to the name change with the two eyes. (laughs) I actually looked it up to see, you know, what was up with the name change? Because I remember just seeing it one day. It's like, when did she have two eyes in her name? Yes. And she didn't really have like any particular reason other than it felt right. Okay. So (laughs) that's fair. I've seen a couple interviews where people have asked her about it, but there's a quote from wrapup.com where she says, I operate on vibes and intuition. I believe everything is energy. The vibration of the double I is right for me. Slightly different spelling, completely same pronunciation. All right. She says she changed her name legally and everything. And her parents were just like, wow, this is not the name we gave you. (laughs) But it, I looks, see that. <laughs> but it looks like she's gone back to the one eye. Well, I had a hard time trying to find her on Twitter for that reason, because with the one eye, it wasn't coming up. Mm. So on Twitter, it's still with two eyes on Instagram. It's a one. So I guess she's using both. <laughs> Is she active on Twitter? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. I just <laughs> wanted to follow. Because I only follow her on Instagram. Same. So, yeah. I figured I may as well throw the Twitter in there as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, aside from the name, I also was trying to just find some, you know, just general information about like how she got started and all that stuff. But there really isn't much out there other than she met Rich Harrison when she was in school and then they worked on the album together. And that's yeah, pretty that's, much, that's pretty much that's all pretty I could much come up with. All we know. And they met in a McDonald's parking lot. Yeah, because she didn't want to meet strangers. <laughs> right. So she's like, let's meet in a public place because I don't know if you're crazy. Because I won't get snatched out of this McDonald's playland. So let's hang out at McDonald's and listen to music. Yeah. You can show me your beats and I'll sing you some songs somewhere public, please. Yeah. yeah. That sounds very smart, though. It does. Because <laughs> how many young women have been promised dreams of stardom? Hey, the nigga who shall not be named was picking up girls in the McDonald's parking oh, lot, sure too. Was. So That's true. I'm sure he was saying those lines. <laughs> yeah, but he was. Uh, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> move on. Yeah. So they met in a public place, but yeah. she said they clicked and they went on to work together. So before we talk about her albums and her music, what was your first introduction to her? Uh, the video for Why Don't We Fall In Love or Why Can't We Fall In Love? Why Don't, Why don't We, we fall, fall In love? love? I had to sing it in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the first time I saw her and just probably the video of her walking around in those short shorts <laughs> and, and legs of a six footer, even though she's like five, four yeah. or something. <laughs> well, it helps when you got them tiny shorts on. <laughs> it does. But watching the video, mm-hmm. I did that this time since I usually don't watch videos mm-hmm. and then you bring it up. I noticed that she was shot at an angle from low up to make her look even longer she looked a lot (laughs) taller because they shot it from that angle and she was never around anybody so you (laughs) couldn't judge her height against anybody and the few scenes that she is with somebody it's close-up shot so you can't see how short or tall she is or she's sitting on the bench right i was trying to find like the release date because you know this song has become the summer anthem basically Right. right and so according to You know, all-knowing Wikipedia. The video was released in June of 2002, but the single was released in July in the U.S. and in October of 2001 in the U.K. So the October folks didn't really get the summer vibes. (laughs) <laughs> but like at the beginning of the video, it says first day of summer. Too. Yeah. So they've kind of made us believe it was a perfect summer song. But another thing I saw on Wikipedia, it was said that Carl Thomas made a guest appearance. And I was like, OK, I know sometimes Wikipedia is wrong, but most of the time they seem pretty factual. So I was watching the video. I'm like, where the hell is Carl Thomas? I don't remember. So there's a scene, as I was saying, when she's with somebody else, she's sitting on a bench. Right. and There's a guy bobbing his head with her. It's Carl Thomas. I could only see the back of his head, okay. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain it looks like Carl Thomas's 
back of his head because you, you can kind of okay. see his hair and he's wearing you know his leather jacket even though it's summertime Did i think it's a leather a jacket thick sweater as well he didn't have the turtleneck as far as i know but it looked <laughs> i think he was wearing you know how he liked to dress minus right. the turtlenecks around that time yeah. and you could kind of see his little curly hair <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that has to be him because there's nowhere else in the video that i could see him but that looks like it could be him but you only see the back of his head i'm gonna look this up yeah so wikipedia should not be taken as like 100 percent truth but i think they're right most of the time most of the so time you can take a look at it anyone else can take a look at it let me know if you uh agree that that could be carl thomas but the part where she's sitting on the park bench and her and a guy are just bobbing their heads right together yeah okay i will look into that when we're done <laughs> so according to wikipedia again she was on Nas's song rule which i remember yeah but that came out in 2001 so technically that was her first, I don't know, introduction to the public. Yeah. But that song, even though it was a single, it wasn't heavily promoted. So right. I think the, the only time I heard that song was when I actually listened to the album itself. Because I always thought of Got Yourself a Gun as being the, the yeah. main single off of that album. So technically, in theory, we could have heard her first. Yeah, I, album, I but don't remember it yeah. at all because we didn't know who she was. Yeah. And you just see the name on the track listings like, like who's, who's that, who's that? It's yeah. like what's her name tasha with bone thugs yeah. in harmony singing her heart out <laughs> like who is this <laughs> yeah some hook girl so i never really liked that song anyways like i remember her being on the song but i think that's something that i remember after the fact okay but definitely when i think about my first introduction with her is same thing the why don't we fall in love video yeah and there are some songs that you just like right away yeah. I don't know if it helped because of the visuals, but right away this song was like, yes, this is the new summer anthem. I didn't look at it as a new summer anthem. I just liked it. <laughs> it just seemed pleasant. It's yeah. like having some water with a slice of lemon in it or something. <laughs> and that's the way I looked at it. I never yeah. thought it was this great song, but yeah. I liked it. I don't know. I liked it enough to buy the album when it came out. Right. I know that I liked it right away, but I don't know if my memory of it is more than what it was because I've continued to like it over the years. Right. But it's definitely become a summer anthem for a yeah. lot of people. So that was the lead single off of her debut album. So this is a perfect segue to get right into All I Have, her yes. first album, released in 2002. So one more thing to say about Why Don't We Fall in Love. I was reading a quote from her about the, uh, the 15th anniversary of the song. Mike interviewed her and she was saying that when she records music, she sees images or colors. <laughs> so to her, the song is dark red and black. Okay. And then she said, it's interesting that it's become the summer anthem because it was so dark to me at the time. But later I could see why it felt so summery. <laughs> so I was like, you thought this song was dark, but. There I can see that now that yeah. you mention it. Mm-hmm. After she said that, I looked at the lyrics and there's a part where she says, tomorrow ain't really guaranteed. Right. So basically, maybe, you know, something happened <laughs> to make her realize, like, we can die <laughs> any day now. So how about we just <laughs> stop, you know, dancing around each other and just, you like me, right. I like you, let's just do this because I could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was 9-11. Oh, was that 2002? 2001. Even... Oh, 2001. <laughs> it was months before, so. Right. Pretty fresh. I think that would be a catalyst for somebody yeah. saying, hey, we need to get a move on here. So the full verse that made me see that it could be a little bit dark was she said, so many things I'm going through. So much that I want to do. It's starting to become clear to me. Tomorrow ain't really guaranteed. So you think about those words. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like, you know, maybe feeling a little dark in right. terms of the future. <laughs> yeah, I never really looked at it like that, yeah. that it being dark, though. Yeah. So that's that. So I think I'm going to say it's pretty clear that even though we usually talk about our favorite songs off the album mm -hmm. pretty much at the end. <laughs> but I think it's clear that Why Don't We Follow Love is going to be the winner for this album. Not for me. I have a couple others that mm -hmm. I like better. Nothing Like Loving You mm -hmm. and I Just Died. Yes. I like better than Why Don't We Fall In Love. Okay. But I like Why Don't We Fall In Love too. The song I like the best after Why Don't We Fall In Love is All I Have, which is technically the second last song, but yeah. the last song is just an outro. I don't like that one because it sounds too much like Why Don't We Fall In Love. Oh, maybe that's why I do like it. 
But I do like all the songs. I found that it was very consistent. You know, sometimes you hear the single and you have expectations for what the album will be. Right. And then you hear it and you're just like, that's not <laughs> what I was promised. <laughs> yeah. But everything pretty much sounds the way you would expect it to after hearing that single, I think. Yeah, I think so. Talking to Me is the only song that I kind of felt like. This could be a car song. You know how we talk a lot about how music sounds based on how you're listening to it too, whether you're in a car, you're listening to it in headphones. Talking to Me has this kind of nice little beat. It just feels like you can drive with that song, you know, top down, kind of cruising along the, what's it called? The Pacific Coast. Pacific Coast Highway. Yep. (laughs) I can see that. So I consider this a no-skip album, but I've come up with some new rules for no-skip albums. So before, what I considered a no-skip album is you don't have to love every single song. Right. But you have to like it enough to not want to skip it. Right. But my new rule is if I look at the track listing and I don't recognize the song by the song title, then I can't call that a no-skip album. (laughs) Because sometimes I'm looking at it, I'm like, what is that? So I obviously haven't listened to it enough. (laughs) (laughs) But what about all those songs out there that the title is one thing, but we call it something completely different because they say it in the chorus or something? Yes, that's true. But I think that's also a testament, at least for me, to how I used to listen to music and how I listen to music now. Okay. Because... The way I used to listen to music, basically early 2000s and before, is I would actually look at the track listing. I would look at the the CD booklet. So then you would just know the song titles. Right. But now with streaming, you just kind of throw something on and you don't even look at it half the time. And so I noticed that the newer stuff that I listen to, I don't know the song titles half the time. Because (laughs) as you were saying, I would just think, oh, it's the thing that they keep repeating. Right. Right. Like, you know that song. <laughs> the one by the person. Yeah. So that's my new rule is I have to recognize the track listing too. That's valid. I'm just going to stick with <laughs> if I can put it on and not turn it off. Yeah. That's my criteria. It doesn't have to be, like you said, each and every song is the greatest song I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. But if I can put it on from track one to mm-hmm. the last one, that's my criteria. All right. So for you, what was your favorite song again on this album? It would either be Nothing Like Loving You Mm -hmm. or I Just Died. Okay. Those are my two favorites. I like those two as well. But like I said, this is a no-skip album for me. I listen to it quite often. It's definitely one of my favorite albums. I actually put this album in the same category as Tedra Moses's. Tedra Moses's, too many (laughs) S's, first album because... I think that the, not that the sound is similar, but I don't know how to describe it. I just kind of feel like they fit in the same category. Yeah, it it does kind of Mm -hmm. sound similar. The themes are different. Like the the lyrics aren't the same. Yeah. Teacher's a little more sassy. Yeah. And Amory's a little more kind of light and airy. Yeah. But in terms of the sound itself, Mm -hmm. it's very similar. Well, the funny thing is title you know when you finish an album you you could choose to let it recommend a song for you and it'll just start playing something right right it immediately went into tedra (laughs) rescue me (laughs) right after the last song (laughs) of course it did and then when i was listening to the second album it played tedra again (laughs) right because the algorithm knows so i was like okay so i'm i'm not wrong in thinking (laughs) that they're kind of similar artists you're not making this up Which kind of goes into a controversial point. Controversy. Yeah, controversy. So pretty much after this album was when the whole Beyonce stole Amory's go-go sound stuff started. So this album was produced, as we mentioned, by Rich Harrison. co-produced. They wrote and produced it together. Right. And so Rich Harrison helped her create this sort of like DC go-go sound, which... Okay, so this is what I'm confused about. Okay. Because, so, you know, there's all this talk about like, oh, Beyonce stole the sound for Crazy in Love and blah, blah, blah. And I hear it so much that I forgot that Crazy in Love actually came out before one thing. Yes. Which is what gets compared all the time. And when I was listening to this album, I don't know much about Go-Go, I will say that, but I don't hear that much of a go-go sound in this album i hear hints of it but not as strong as one thing well and even the second album in general with the first album there's not really a go-go element to it yeah it's more of the 
production style that he uses. Okay. So a lot of chopped samples and right. older music being sampled mm-hmm. and just the way it's put together. Yeah. Like. Because Got To Be There, I think to me that song sounds the most, I think I hear like a little more percussions and stuff in that song. Yeah. Like Go-Go's a lot of percussions, right? Yeah. But the reason that the Beyonce comparisons Mm -hmm. always get pulled up, in my opinion, is even though people love this album and she was all over the place, she's doing features with people and she even ended up in a movie (laughs) as well. So she was known, but she wasn't Destiny's Child big. Right. And after this album came out, everybody wanted to sound like this album. So All I Have comes out in 2002. Later that year, he does a song for Kelly Rowland. Year after that, The Rain Whoever that is, they did, he did a song <laughs> for them, and then that's when "Dangerously R- in Love" came oh, out. I was about to say, is it R A Y N E? Uh, yes, sounds familiar. I might have to look that up. And see I looked up the song. Okay. I didn't recognize it. I don't know what is it called. Or didn't you know? It's I watched it vaguely familiar. I'll look it up after the people who were in the group. <laughs> I recognize their names, but yeah. I don't recognize this. Okay, I'll look it up later. <laughs> <laughs> and then "Dangerously in Love" has "Crazy in Love" and "Be with You" on it. Then he did a song on "Confessions" mm-hmm. for Usher, and another one that your girl Jennifer Lopez ended up taking that didn't make a Confessions <laughs> album. Then he did "Soldier" on Destiny Child, another song for Christina Milian, mm-hmm. and then. One thing. Two years after that, one thing comes out. Yeah. So there's a three-year gap from the first time they worked together to 2005. So it looks like she's jumping on the train that she actually started. Right. I guess maybe because... All I have was the catalyst for that, like, full-on go-go sound, right? Well, not necessarily the go-go sound, but Rich Rich Harrison's Harrison's production style. Yeah. Just the way people have that discussion. You know, I think everything's, like, 10 years ago. Like, you'll say (laughs) 2001, I'll be like, oh, that was 10 years ago. (laughs) So... I was actually shocked when I realized that one thing came so far after. Because I'm like, okay, so how does Beyonce steal the sound if one thing came after? Yeah. But I think it's just, you know, any discussion about Beyonce is always weird. It is. So there's two things. If this sound was developed by Rich Harrison and Amory together, I can understand why maybe Amory might be a little upset to feel like people were stealing from her. But it's not unusual for producers to have a sound that they then bring to other artists. And that's the thing. It didn't start with her. Mm -hmm. He had done two songs with Mary J. Blige before that. Mm -hmm. And they sound like that as well. Like you could take Mary off those songs, put Amory on it, and it would sound like it belongs on All I Have. I think because Amory has roots in D.C., that her and him working together works well together. Just like Khalees works well with the Neptunes. Right. But it doesn't mean that the Neptunes will never make music for other people. So I sort of feel like the only person that could maybe be upset is Amory if, like I was saying, it was something she felt like she developed with him. Right. But all these other people talking about Beyonce stole this, Beyonce stole that. It doesn't make sense to me. And as artists, I would put her more in the category of Tidra Moses than Beyonce. I get it because, as you know, I didn't listen to much Beyonce. Prior to Lemonade. (laughs) Prior to Lemonade, I wasn't into Bootylicious and all that stuff. So I don't do Destiny Child or early Beyonce stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But because he did the two songs on her album, he worked with all these other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then hers comes out two, three years later. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like she's trying to be like Beyonce, which would probably lead the public to think, oh, she's just another Beyonce knockoff. No, whatever. But, but. Okay. The public looks at it as she's another one biting Beyonce, but the people who actually know who Amarie is Mm. are looking at it like, no, Beyonce got it from her. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's just basically which side of the Beyonce hive are you on? Right. (laughs) Will determine who you think stole whose style. Yeah. So who did you hear first? (laughs) The other one stole it from them. When in actuality, most likely it was just a producer working with different artists. Yeah. That's (laughs) pretty much all it is. Yeah. And- Again, I didn't listen to much Beyonce, but I think the problem is, Mm -hmm. so on her next album, he did three more songs. On Touch? No, on uh, Beyonce's. Oh, yeah. So he did Creole, Freakum Dress, and Sugar Mama. So even after they stopped working together, Beyonce started making songs that sounded like that with other producers. So I think that might add to it as well. Mm. It's like, okay, it's one thing you're working with Rich Harrison, but now you're getting other producers to sound like Mm. Rich Harrison. That might be part of the disconnect too. Yeah. But that's just a 
a non-Beyonce fan yeah. looking mm. from the outside in. I mean, I don't want to talk about Beyonce too much because as much as I love Beyonce, we're here to talk about A-Marie. Yes. But I think, like I was saying, any discussion about Beyonce is always a little bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you hate Beyonce, then people will say, oh, Beyonce could never. And right. then if you love Beyonce, people will say A-Marie could never. Right. But it's just like, they're not even the same artists. No. The two artists who worked with the same producer. In doing research for this, I think it's unfair that the discussion about who stole what clouds the discussion about A. Marie. Yeah. And a, a lot of it has to do with, first of all, it seems like A. Marie don't care. Yeah. <laughs> or if she did, she, she's gotten over it. Yeah. She's gotten over it or she doesn't say it publicly. Although there is a song that she had. Yes. A mixtape. Yes. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Hold on to that. Or you could just. No, we no, can get to we'll it later. Get to it. Okay. <laughs> but for the most part, she's like, eh, I don't care. And I watched a video yesterday where she was talking about how she understands it because she was a new artist and being on the same label with J-Lo and Beyonce, they're going to get priority to them and she's not going to get what she should be getting, which is why one thing ended up blowing up because they were trying to take that from her to give it to J-Lo. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about stealing songs, um, okay, so let's go into the second album, Touch, released 2005. Yep. So the first single off of this album is one thing, but her and Rich had to leak it. Yes. Which is also funny because she was saying that the label didn't want her to release it because they didn't think it was a good song. Right. But you would think with the popularity of Crazy in Love Mm -hmm. that they would want to release it. Yes. Crazy in Love and all the other stuff that Rich Harrison had done in between yeah. them working together. So why would they not want to release another song with that style? But supposedly Jennifer Lopez wanted it. So Amory and Rich was just like, no, I'm keeping it. And they leaked it to different DJs and stuff. And then the DJs were like, we ain't, we're not going to stop playing this song. Yeah. And so the label begrudgingly had to finally promote it as the first single. Yeah, the fact that they kept telling them, oh, this sucks. Add more to it. Take this out. Add this to it. But at the same time, wanting to give it to J-Lo. Yeah. It's like, does it suck? Or do you just want to take another hit and give it to one of your quote unquote stars? Just for her to basically record a song that sounds like one thing. Yes, which would probably still have Amory's vocals on it. (laughs) So, yeah, we won't get too much into that because, again, this is supposed to be about Amory, but you can look up J-Lo's song history if you want. (laughs) Yes, just (laughs) look at Jennifer Lopez and vocals and you'll get everything you need to hear. Back to Amory. She got to keep one thing. This became her biggest song to date. And after the label finally let her actually have it, it ended up on the Hitch movie soundtrack as well. And it's also in like Grand Theft Auto. There are little radio stations and stuff. So I think this song has been good to her. (laughs) I would think so. And I'm happy she found a way to keep it. (laughs) Yeah. Because this song does have that DC go-go sound and her being from DC. It does. I'm sure on a personal level, she's probably happy that she got to keep the song or found a way to make it her own. When I was looking up different videos and stuff, she performed this on the World Music Awards and she had the live band and stuff and they were all dressed up like kind of like an evening wear. And I see this lady in a white dress. I'm like, why does she look familiar? And she's conducting the band. Okay. And then... It was Meryl Streep. Nope. (laughs) Amory goes to her dance break and then she's like, Sheila E. And I was like, oh, I'm like, no wonder why she looks familiar. So she has Sheila E. conducting her band. I did not know that. (laughs) It was the uh, World Music Awards performance. I will send you the link so that you could post it if anyone else wants to watch it too. We can. (laughs) Okay, so now that we've got this like stealing controversy out of the way. I think this was a pretty solid follow-up album. It is. It's not quite a no-skip album. There's a couple songs I could do without, but there's also a bunch of songs that I also really like. I love Rolling Down My Face and Come With Me. It's funny that Rolling Down My Face, we've discussed the sample Mm -hmm. on three different episodes now. Which is probably why I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So Mary J. Blige sampled it in a song and Erica Badu sampled it in a song. So this is the third time we're mentioning that Roy Ayer sample. Because it's a great sound. (laughs) Something I think is funny about this album, though, and it stands out from the rest of it, is Touch. Yeah. Like, it's so 2005. (laughs) That 
is it, it's out of place. It doesn't yes. match everything else on the album. But Lil John was so hot, people were just throwing him on everything. He's credited as Lil John, but it's spelled J O H N in the credits. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I was like, is this the same Lil John? Did he <laughs> drop the H later on? <laughs> no, somebody just messed the credits up. Most likely. I never really liked it. To me, it's more of an earworm than a song that I like. It's catchy, but I don't particularly again. Like people it. just wanted to have. <laughs> I'm sure this was a label decision. Like, you know what, Lil John's yeah. hot. You're working with Lil John. But the thing I noticed listening to it with headphones now is there's a man going ooh throughout the song <laughs> and it sounds so weird all of a sudden now because it just sounds so much more pronounced okay. listening to it like right in my ear holes he's just ooh I never noticed <laughs> throughout that. the song and I'm like oh this is weird I don't like it <laughs> but this song reminds me of Monifa's song Touch It where it's kind of like oh I want to have this sexy club song and it just seems out of place with the rest of their music yeah but at least with the Monifa song yeah. it kind of fit her a little bit i don't think so like she came I out do. with her first single was um was that was the song called it's been too long since you've been gone i miss you so right. that's how i think of monifa that style and then she comes like do you really want to touch it it just it was weird to me i think the the video was weird <laughs> i don't think the song itself was weird. dancing for the soldiers yeah that, that was just dumb <laughs> and jumping out of helicopters what I is with, what is with this all. jumping out of helicopters? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, we're getting off topic again. Yeah, so I those are the two songs that I like. I don't know which one I like better. I guess I might as well just pick Rolling Down My Face since I've picked this sample three times. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> That's my favorite song on the album. Of course, they had to remix Why Don't We Fall In Love and make a go-go because yeah. why not? <laughs> Yeah, so overall, there's a couple songs that I kind of skip, but I think it is a solid follow-up to the first album. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah. So that's pretty much her early career. Mm -hmm. After Touch, things started to get a little bit weird because this is where she started having label issues, getting right. dropped. So her third album is Because I Love It. Right. And she said in an interview that they wanted to do a staggered release, like let's release in the UK first and then we'll do the US, whatever. And then she released the mixtape, which we had just mentioned. Yes. And then there was a couple videos, a couple singles came out, but then she got dropped from her label and then it just never got released in the US. So it's just, right. there's just something weird just started happening around this time. And unfortunately, as we've seen with many other artists, it's not always about talent. It's about promotion, yes, timing, how much airplay you get, whatever, whatever. So this album just got lost in the mix. Yeah, just listening to it. When it first came out, I really didn't listen to it too much. But just listening to it this past week, it's a lot of live instrumentation, which I really like. Some of the songs on there are hit and miss for me. Crazy Wonderful is probably the best one on there or somebody up there those are the two that i like but yeah this album really didn't do much for me i really love this album crush is actually my favorite song in this album i feel like it has a bit of 80s pop yeah i can see that and you know being an 80s kid who likes <laughs> 80s pop and who also loves a marie i was like oh this is kind of a nice change it almost kind of reminds me a little bit of blondie especially that some like it when she does her little rap some of them like it i can see that <laughs> So it has that sort of like 80s pop, kind of light and sultry at the same time. Yeah. You know how like on Rapture, Blondie's Rapture, and she has that like, Rapture. Yeah. Like it just kind of <laughs> has that floaty vibe. Right. <laughs> so I actually really enjoyed this album. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it just didn't really get released properly. Because of that, it didn't even chart the billboards at all. No. And I have a feeling that there's probably a lot of people that just never heard it because of. Yeah, just because it slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And if you didn't know it was there, you're not going to listen to it. Yeah. And so something I read also said that maybe because she released this mixtape beforehand called the same thing that it added to the confusion, yada, yada, yada. Just change the title then. But it happened. And this mixtape is also where she allegedly <laughs> recorded her diss track called Because I Love It when she was like six months and y'all didn't check my style. <laughs> like, y'all chicks know you weren't singing like that <laughs> so of course people assume that she's taking a stab at jennifer and 
Beyonce and even Rich because she says something about chasing those beats and checks or something like that right. as well. So some people have thought that maybe she's talking about Rich going off and making songs for other people with the same sound and Beyonce Which is and J-Lo and all not that. right because this man <laughs> has to make a living too. He does. So this is the only thing I found where it seems like she might have been upset about it. Yeah. But other than that, like I said, she seems to just be living life and just I wouldn't say it's specifically towards anybody. I think yeah. it's more of a general. I think so too i think it's more of like like y'all know i started this right yeah and not necessarily directed at beyonce i feel like that too i think that him working with her on her first album even if it didn't have that particular sound also helped him go out and get more work right that's creating the sound for everybody else yeah. too well, she's a new artist she's gone for six months and all of a sudden everybody's <laughs> like <laughs> like I started this. <laughs> I just think it's funny that she did it on the Buster Rhymes beat. Get you some. I was like, all right, I can get with this. Yeah, the mixtape is fun. It's typical of what I you... didn't listen to it. I only heard that song. Well, it's really hard to find. I found this really shady website, and my days of downloading stuff from like any website, <laughs> random sources. So they did have a stream option, but even then, it's it felt a little shady. Right. <laughs> but I can post the link, or we can post the link, but click on it at your own. I'm not um, posting the link. <laughs> I want you to go out and search it on your own, because I love it, mixtape. And if something bad happens to your computer, <laughs> that's not on us. So I listened to the whole mixtape. There were two songs that I completely forgot about from okay. the mixtape that I loved. Luckily, these two songs, someone posted it on YouTube, which is a little less shady. So we, <laughs> yeah. could post, we could post those links. But one song is called We Can Love, and she's singing over the SOS band sample. Okay. The We Can Love. I don't recognize it. Nope. No. I won't sing anymore. <laughs> Anyways, I love the song. It's another one of those kind of like cute summary songs. And then there's a Reminisce Witcher. And okay. it's hilarious because when I was looking at the YouTube comments, because I was trying to remember, I'm like, where did I actually hear these songs if mm -hmm. the mixtape itself is really hard to get? And someone in the comments said, finally a version without DJ Clue screaming all over it. <laughs> so I guess I probably heard one of his mixes or okay. something. But yeah, so we could post those two links, but I love those two songs. So those were on the mixtape and the album itself. I think overall this would have been a good third album if it got to be released properly. And I think it did okay in the UK, which was yeah. where it was actually released. And I think it was released in Japan or something too. Hey, take the hits where you can get them. So I think it it is a good third album, but how many people have heard it? Right. <laughs> is the question. Yeah. So unfortunately that one got lost in the shuffle, but yeah. Because I remember even when I saw it, it got me by surprise. I think I had started using Apple. So by this time, streaming was pretty normal. Yeah. And I just remember seeing it and being like, hmm, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but I used to listen to it all the time. I would say I still listen to it semi-regularly, but there was okay. a period where I was listening to it all the time. <laughs> all right. So next up mm -hmm. is In Love and War. So I don't know much about this album other than just ear hustling while you're listening to it. <laughs> but this was the first time I actually listened to it from beginning to end and not just hearing random songs when you were playing it. It's kind of shaky at the beginning. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Like the songs to me aren't very good. But about halfway through the album, it just picks up and it's like, oh, this shit is great. So I could do without the first three songs on it. But the middle towards the end of the album, I'm good with it. Red Eye is probably the best song she's ever done, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, I think I could be wrong, but I like Red Eye. I'm going to have to give it a second when you listen. But I think maybe what might be the issues with the first few songs is, so she hasn't worked with Rich Harrison for this album in the previous yeah, one. Yeah, the, the second album is kind of where they kind of yeah. split up. So I think maybe not having him but still trying to do that sound was missing something. Right. Because once you get to the middle, it's more of like a hip hop R&B right. sound. So there are more producers, I guess, that can <laughs> do that good. But you start off with the first three, four songs and it's a particular sound. And then all right. of a sudden you get, why are you? And you're like, oh, this sounds <laughs> totally different. Like yeah. the transition was a little jarring. Right. <laughs> but my favorite songs are, why are you pretty brown with Trey songs and more than love with fabulous. Well, I like that one just because of the Cool and Gang sample, the Summer Madness. Like, you can't go wrong with that. The funny thing is, I heard More Than Love 
playing in the mall. I remember we were just at the mall shopping and I heard the doo doo. Right. And I just assumed it had to be either some other song with that sample or the actual song. It never occurred to me it would actually be Amory. Okay. Because I think at that point, I had gotten so used to her just not being like on the radio, shall we say. Even though like streaming and stuff was, you know, we were starting to do around this time. It wasn't like now where everyone's got a Spotify playlist or an Apple playlist. Like this was probably somebody's iPod, (laughs) right? Plugged into the store's stereo. So I was not expecting to hear not why don't we fall in love, Amory. Well, I heard it when you would be playing it around yeah. the house, and I just assumed that she was singing over Dr. Dre beat because the Buchanans who produce the song for Dre has this exact same beat. Mm. But it was on this detox album that has allegedly a thousand songs that we'll never get to hear. <laughs> but they actually did it in the Dr. Pepper commercial with Dr. Dre. Okay. So I just assumed that she was just singing over a Dre beat, and then it's like, oh. No, it's actually on her album and not like a mixtape or something. (laughs) So I guess they figured, hey, Dre ain't going to use it. So we may as well give it somebody else and Mm -hmm. get paid. So I like it too. I think the songs on here are good enough for me to kind of forgive the other songs. Right. But out of everything she's done so far, this is the one that's most inconsistent. Yeah. Like it almost feels like it's two different albums. Yeah. Mashed together. Because like I said, just listening to it, those first three songs were hard to listen to. <laughs> At least for me. Maybe other people like it. I didn't. But um, once we got to the middle, yeah. all the way through the end, I was good with it. I feel like the first four songs kind of have the same sound. Okay. But two I don't like and two I like. <laughs> I like Heard Em All and I like Higher. I don't know why I like those two and not the other two, but I like them enough to not skip, right. but not enough to be like, oh, you know what I want to listen to right now? <laughs> Heard them all. No, I'm not going gotcha. If I'm putting on this album, it's going to be Why Are You, Pretty Brown, and More Than Love. And I'm going to have to re-listen to Red Eyes since yeah, that's I, the one I, you like. I think that's our best song. Hmm. I will go back to it. All right. So basically, after this, everything gets even harder to find. She has an EP that was under a Marie with two eyes. So I missed right. it at first because you yeah, to, same. I couldn't find it. Yeah, and it was okay. And then I she, actually liked it. You did. I didn't not like it, but nothing stuck out. To right. Me. And we're talking about Drive, Drive, by the way, the Drive EP. So that was when was that? I didn't put down the year. Uh, 2016. So there's a seven year gap with her last album and then the EP Drive. In a bunch of interviews, she was talking about working on another album or EP, Somatic, Somatica, something like that. But I couldn't couldn't find that only her talking about it. I think it ever actually came out. (laughs) Yeah, because she's independent at this point. So I don't know what happened to that. But in 2018, she technically, this is a double album, but to me, it's more like two EPs as well. Yeah. So this is 2018, 4 a.m. Mulholland and after 4 a.m. These two sounds like she's trying to sound a little more current. Right. But the only song that really like stood out to me was Curious. I like that one. It kind of has that dreamy, sweet sound that I like from her. I like Don't Say a Word, which is on After 4 Mm a.m. The rest of it, like you said, it it sounds like she's doing a lot of current music, which I don't have a problem with, but it's just not for me. I kind of file it under like Fonte says, the racially (laughs) ambiguous whispering bitches. (laughs) She's doing that kind of music and it. It just doesn't work for me. The girls of current day R&B. Yeah. She doesn't sing in italics, though. <laughs> she doesn't, but <laughs> it's more of the production yeah. that I really wasn't feeling rather than right. the vocals. But I could see how people would like it. Yeah. I think a lot of these artists that I've liked for a long time, it just... I don't know what it is, but as the music gets more current, I just sort of lose interest. (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. Because we have a very specific vision of what we expect from them. And I think it would be different if she had been constantly making music since, what was it, 2009 Mm -hmm. when In Love and War came out. But it was like seven years for the drive and then another two years, like if there was a smoother transition, it would probably be easier to And to I, take. Didn't, I didn't hear drive until, what, two days ago? Yeah, me so. neither. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it last week for the first time. So if there were something in 2010, 2012, 2014, 2016, it would probably be easier to yeah. make that transition rather than going from what we knew to what we're hearing now. Right. 
but it seems like she is doing just fine though. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it for the music, but she's been out here writing books. Yeah. Some like young adult novels. They're like, not anthologies. What's the word? It's like a collection of essays. Yeah. It it was her and like 12 other authors and she edited the book. Yeah. And they're like reimagining fairy tales and villains, but it's like tales of villainy. Yeah. That's the only part I can remember. I can't Uh, remember the the title, but I remember like 13 tales of villainy and that just cracked me up. So she has a second one too. I think it's so cute that she's a booktuber. Yes. Amory's Book Club. She's got her Amory's Book Club's merch. <laughs> she just does YouTube videos for her book club. And I, yeah, the, in general, the, like life updates and whatnot. <laughs> the interview you sent me where she's talking about the books and whatnot mm-hmm. and how she said that she loves the villains. Like she wanted Tony Montana to win and <laughs> she wanted this one to win. And that one is like, I can get it. Instead of wanting the the princess or all the good people to win all the time, let the villains get some. She probably likes the Joker, too. Well, because she seems so nice and sweet. So maybe this is like her like (laughs) her outlet, her outlet. Yeah, because speaking of being nice and sweet, so many of these interviews that she's done. I don't know how she stays composed. (laughs) I couldn't do it. She has done some wild interviews she yeah. was on the breakfast club with charlemagne angela yee and dj envy envy and charlemagne were just i don't even know what how to describe it just just reckless <laughs> asking her a lot of ignorant questions like and stuff <laughs> 10 year old boys talking to a girl for the first time yeah and i found an old interview from like around 2005 when she was on with wendy williams did you end up listening to that no i didn't oh we I did the Breakfast Club and the Tyra interview. Yeah, that was that was something. And Tyra Banks is just weird. Yeah, and then the interview with Tyra is a little I don't know, people say these crazy things to her and then she just takes it in stride yeah, and she's just with sweet a smile. She doesn't miss a beat. Probably cussing them out when she gets back to the green <laughs> That's why room. she loves the villains. <laughs> I guess. She actually is a villain deep down inside. Mm-hmm. Be careful with those pretty nice girls. Yeah. So she's sneaking out at night, (laughs) causing trouble for Batman. If you want to be entertained and cringe at the same time, I guess, (laughs) just look up some of these interviews. Yeah, they're bad. She also had, actually, to go back to her music, she did like a few features and stuff that I really liked, too, that I kind of forgot about. She was on uh, DJ K Slay's song, Too Much For Me with Nas and Foxy Brown. And (laughs) you know how I feel about the song. I like her hook on LL's Paradise. (laughs) But every time I hear it, LL say, Paradise is very nice. Your favorite song of all time is Paradise. Can I just have this song with just her? Nope, you got to take Todd. (laughs) Paradise this is very nice. Nope, like, you're getting come on, Todd. You've been in the Todd industry in all his glory a long time. And speaking of Todd, <laughs> why did he choose to go with LL Cool J, even though everybody in his life calls him Todd by his middle name? I guess LL Cool T just doesn't sound very good. <laughs> or just choose a different name. Ladies love Cool Todd. It just doesn't sound right. <laughs> but you don't even use James. You don't really call him James. You call him L.O. Cool J. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway. Some people only know him as the guy on NCIS. Yeah. And some people don't even know that. Exactly. (laughs) Again, I think this weird overshadowing of this like Beyonce, J.Lo, whatever. uh, I think people lose focus on the fact that she's had a pretty good career. Yeah. There are better than a lot of other people. Yeah, there are so many artists that can't get past a first single. Right. So even though things got messy after the second album, she released three solid albums. And then the ones after that were eh, maybe not my favorites, but they weren't like, ugh, (laughs) you need to hang this up. Yeah. (laughs) Go write some books. Which I have done with (laughs) some of my other favorites who have released newer music in the past couple years. It's like, oh, okay, let's just go ahead and retire. And any discussion you have of R&B music in the early 2000s, her name's going to come up. Yep. She started a sound or at least helped popularize a sound that a bunch of other people ended up doing. So whether you know it started with her or not, she still started it. Right. Right. And so just like Charlamagne and Envy harassing her on the, the Breakfast Club interview, like they kept saying, like where you been how you making money these days it's (laughs) It's like like, mind your business she's had a good career like (laughs) i don't understand why you acted like she had one hit and then disappeared (laughs) right 
So I do think if I have to compare her, especially just sort of like just how things went, I would say she is underrated like Tedra Moses, where they both have solid music. You know, they have the look, they have the the style, they have the music, they have the voice, like they, they're the full package. But for whatever reason, it just wrong place, wrong time just didn't work out. <laughs> they were, I'd say, three years too late because you're in the middle of J-Lo, Ashanti, Beyonce, Destiny's Child. Yeah. All that stuff, Erica Badu. So you're going to get overshadowed if yeah. you don't already have a name. Or have not, anyone pushing you. Right. And you're not affiliated with anybody. Yeah. Because before Rich Harrison and A. Marie got together, nobody knew who they were. So you need a name to break through, at least at that time, mm-hmm. or be attached to a name. So I definitely think that she's underrated in the sense that there's so much work that she put out that should have been promoted more. And also that her, I guess, her singing legacy or whatever is overshadowed by something that doesn't really have anything to do with her. Yeah. Something I was thinking about is in an alternate universe where those songs go to her rather than all these other bigger names. Mm -hmm. How does her career turn out? I think that would have been different. Yeah. Because my thing is, did what they did before make the stuff for J-Lo and Beyonce better? Mm-hmm. Or did Beyonce and J-Lo make one thing blow up? Mm. Chicken or egg? I think that in this alternate universe, if she had came out with one thing first or she did crazy in love or get right or whatever, I think it would have still been popular. Because even though Beyonce and J-Lo had the name, you still have to like the song. Right. The name brings it to bigger masses, yeah. but these masses still have to like the song. So in my theory, I think the songs would have still been hits. They wouldn't have been as big as they were, though. It would have probably been the same level as the first album, yeah. I think. That's mm, possible. <laughs> I think it could go either way. It's hard to say. With her not having the bigger name, it still could have done well, but then it could have gave her a bigger name. Right. Because it was, you know, a very new sound. Yeah. And we'll never know. We will never know. But just seeing her in the interviews, she seems like she's doing all right. But not only that, she seems so down to earth. Like she right. literally seems like one of my friends. Yeah. There's nothing like celebrity about her. <laughs> right. Like even though she's really pretty and we know who she is yeah. or whatever, there's nothing about her that's like, oh, she's a celebrity. Like you <laughs> literally feel like you can just come up to her and be like, hi, and then just have yeah. a conversation. <laughs> even the way she talks, I saw her do some kind of live or something and her child is running around in the background yeah. <laughs> and she's trying to talk about books and her album and she was answering questions and stuff and then she would just be looking around my child my child as he's <laughs> running around meow, 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 and stuff, right? i think he's like two ish or something like that okay <laughs> but it was like i literally talked to friends like this with their <laughs> kids running around in the background and we're trying to have a conversation i'd be like should we talk later <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like she just seems so down to earth and yeah wish her much success <laughs> in whatever she does which she will never hear me say that but i will hey, put that energy that. out for her <laughs> she might be listening to this episode right now <laughs> putting that energy out <laughs> but i continue to listen to her music all the time i can confirm <laughs> this is true all right. So what suggestion would you give for our listeners to check out? I would suggest if you haven't heard it, the Because I Love It album. Okay. Because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> because you love it. Because I love it. And I don't think a lot of people have heard it. So if right. you're a fan, check that out. I don't know how you'll feel about it because it is a bit of a different sound from the first two albums, but I enjoy it. Uh, for me, I'm just going to say listen to the first album because as a comp- complete body of work is probably her best. So I'm going to say that one. Okay. So after doing this deep dive, have your feelings about Amory change. I know you liked her before. You're just not as big a fan as I am, but would you say that has changed after looking at her full body of work? I don't think it's changed because like you said, I already liked her just not as much as you. Uh, that doesn't mean that I won't listen to it more, <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think it was a situation where, oh, she sucks. And now I think she's great. I was <laughs> always a fan. So I don't think the way I think about her has changed. Yeah. You just discovered a few more songs. Yeah. It's <laughs> more than a few. I can actually say I've listened to outside of the first two and a half albums. Because I had only heard the third one through you. So just listening to album three moving forward, 
I had never listened to those front to back, but now I have. And like I said, Red Eye is her best song. So I guess I did learn something new. You know what? That seems to be triggering some kind of memory. I think when I was just reading a bunch of random reviews, I think somebody else may have mentioned that too. I'm going to have to look into my search history. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wrote the article. It was me. Okay. (laughs) All right. So is there anything else you would like to add before we get out of here? I think I need to read more books. Okay. Just watching her booktube. I want to be part of her book club. (laughs) All right. Once upon a time, short story before we leave. When I was a kid, I used to read so much that my mom literally banned me from (laughs) reading so much. Like she put a limit on how many books a week that I could read. (laughs) Go play with these toys. Yeah. And I was literally the kid with the flashlight under the blanket. Because she was like, your eyes are going to get bad. And they are really bad. But I think that's more from computers. So just watching her book too reminds me of like my love for reading. But now, you know, oh my God, life is so busy. So like reading is such a leisure activity. And you know, I don't know how to relax. Yes. I would love to join her book club and read my books. All right. I don't know if that's a recommendation or read more books, I guess. Yeah, read more books. (laughs) Get some knowledge in your life. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything else to add. So I guess we can end it here. Okay. Thank you again for listening. Make sure that you rate and follow us on your podcast service of choice. Also, make sure to follow us on social media because that's where all the fun stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And you get to chat with us in the comments and send us DMs and all that good stuff. Yeah, so where we post things yeah, that so, we talk about here. <laughs> uh, at Troy Podcast on the Bird and the Gram on Black Planet as well. <laughs> I haven't done the MySpace page yet, but it's coming. I can't think of any other 90s <laughs> social media. <laughs> to sign up for but if somebody has any suggestions let me know and i will go ahead and sign up there as well yes and i know we keep promising stuff on the website but it's coming yes i saw some things that were being added a wiki yes is being added so you can so if you like to sort of deep dive or kind of go into the background or even just want to check out all the little extra things that we mentioned the plan is to create sort of like a wiki reference yes. transcripts all that stuff so you, you can dive a little deeper videos that we're talking about mm-hmm. or the random t-shirt that so-and-so had on in a music video <laughs> we'll be putting links and all that stuff yeah, together. so it's coming it's taking a little time but keep checking yeah just go to troypodcast.com watch the colors change on the page <laughs> yep. and one day there will be the wiki there yep stay tuned stay tuned <laughs> yes if you want to check out an amory playlist that we put together just search the title of this episode or at troy podcast on spotify and all of our playlists will come up uh that's pretty much it for us so we will talk to you guys again in two weeks till then bye bye bye